I have to ask, have you ever felt uninspired, All technically the- challenged? All the time. No time to create, or just bored when creating your own game maps? Well, if so, then you need to stick around, because today we are discussing Dungeon Alchemist, and I am super excited. Welcome to Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Brandon. <laughs> we hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. We have a special giveaway tonight to all of our wonderful friends watching on uh, during the live stream here, uh, right over on YouTube. Um, we are giving away a hard cover of our newest product, Extraordinary Expeditions, so stick around to the end to be included in the drawing. I promise, this is absolutely a, a fantastic prob- uh, product. Once again, not just saying that because I, because uh, <laughs> we wrote it. Um, that's just a bonus. <laughs> that's just a bonus, right? It smells like shame. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so I'm super excited. Uh, if you don't know, it's 10 adventures, each one from level 1 to level 10, that are on a flexible framework to easily be included in your stories and campaigns. Um, more importantly than that, they are designed to be run with little or no prep. So I'm really excited, so stick around. All right, let's move on to our main topic, Dungeon Alchemist, today. I'm super excited for this. Yep. First and foremost, what is Dungeon Alchemist? Dungeon Alchemist, it's, it is an AI-powered map-making application on Steam that enables you to make high-quality content faster than ever. Yeah. You no longer have to drag and drop walls in certain other programs that I'm going to remain nameless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it, is a, uh, it is as simple as you can get when it comes to designing maps. Um, if you're anything like me, personally, um, time is a very precious commodity. So a powerful tool that's like this is a complete game changer, going to be honest. Um, it is quite literally as simple as determining the size of your map and the theme. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Andy, and when that, that is done, you can drag your cursor and make it the size that you want. Then, boom! Artificial intelligence automatically creates the rooms and populates it with all sorts of objects to bring it to life. That's that, actually really pretty. So this is really cool. If you're watching on the video right now, it is showing up. It is auto-generating and auto-populating the different st- themes that you pick, which I think is really, really cool when you're doing Dungeons & Dragons, um, especially um, when you have players that sometimes need go a different direction you don't have anything prepared. <laughs> okay. So I think this does that re- handles that sort of situation really, really well. Um, personally, um, I do have some uh, – uh, I had – originally I had some reservations about this when I started tinkering with it. I was worried it would repopulate the same stuff or it was just an out. It literally just randomly populates everything, which is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And what I did um, notice when uh, – uh, he was showing me videos before we started mm-hmm. just say, hey, you remember uh, Dungeon Alchemist? Like, oh, I remember hearing about it. All right, look at this. Like, oh, I remember that. Well, uh, so I was playing with it, and if it randomly generates something in a room that you don't like, you can just click that box and get rid of it. 
Yeah, and that's fantastic, and they do really well with that. So, um, Brandon, now that we've kind of shown them a little bit of overview and discussed it, can you tell us about kind of the, the – get us started with the process? Uh, with the process, now that you've got the main structure figured out, the map size, all that stuff, mm -hmm. uh, you can now drag and drop to easily expand the dimensions. Uh, you can add rooms or build other structures on the same maps mm -hmm. uh, all within seconds. To top it off, you can easily change the theme and objects inside just by clicking a button. Like there's there's like there forests, there's uh, caverns, uh, caverns mountains, all the all these different things that you can go with. Which is which is really really awesome. Um, it's like you want a tavern, you click tavern. <laughs> so <laughs> Dominic tavern. actually has a really good question here. I think um, he's asking about can you do things on multiple levels? I was actually thinking that. Um, that's a great question. I don't have as much time with this as I would like. Um, and on top of that, when I build my maps, there's separate maps for upper level and lower level anyway, and I do know there's stairs. Um, but I don't. I couldn't tell you if it has a function of literally building right on top of one. Not that I'm aware of. But this also does a lot of stuff that every time I tinker with it, I learn something new. Uh, which it just shows how in depth this program is. Um, what I really liked about it is um, uh, it gives you an option. If you're not interested in the AI, you can actually instead populate, rotate, drag and drop items inside yourself. Which is really, really cool. Um, this really gives you the freedom to, to build a map exactly how you want. Um, which is really cool because they have a library of just thousands and thousands of objects to pick and choose. From doors, walls, desks, you know, crypts, uh, um, tables, you know, you name it, you know, potion bottles. They have it all, which is really, really great. Okay, so according to our producer, multi-level maps is planned. Uh, a planned edition later this year, according to their, uh, uh, according to the, the chat. So that's definitely something that I think would be really, really cool to yeah, the, keep uh, an eye, eye out for. Steve Community is saying, yeah. as, as late as April first is the last update. The multi-four support is being planned. So that is awesome. That is that's what I'm saying there. And there, that one thing. So I did kickstart this back when it first announced um, because I was super impressed with the the just the development. I want to constantly support more and more, you know, D and D and tabletop created content, right? And there is a lot of stuff coming out all the time, just in general. Yeah. Just because this hobby's growing, and I am okay with that. Mo tools from our belt. Yeah. Um, the layout of the buildings uh, are built uh, on a wide, robust set of terrain, which is really cool. Um, very much, I was talking to her before pre-show, uh, how it reminds me of old Final Fantasy uh, uh, tactics, um, where the different format is kind of uh, just kind of designed there, which is pretty cool. Um, and so you pick the, the terrain, um, and the terrain is thematic and generated randomly as well. So uh, meaning every time that you choose to build a mountainside village, even the backdrop's going to be different right out the gate, all within seconds, which I think is just phenomenal. Um, and you saw that in the clip that we just played. I'll go ahead and run it again one more time. Uh, what really makes this interesting to me is that when you pick your terrain, um, it allows you to adjust it freely, which is really cool. So let's say it, you know, it generates the, the beautiful map you see here has got water. You can see them altering and adding the um, path itself to better fit the ideal of what they want, um, which I think is pretty cool. And for sure. Final Fantasy is possibly one of the best games, <laughs> according to Andrew. Of course it is. It's very super popular. Um, I love Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, and me too. <laughs> and so uh, when we're talking about Dungeon Alchemist, what makes this uh, really cool besides the auto-generation is its versatility. 
Uh, once you've got the terrain and structures you want in your map, you can easily print them to a paper size of your choice or export them to a virtual tabletop. Yes. So um, you have to be ready. And just says that there's tabletop uh, VTTs out there that have like they had the 3D map setting, mm -hmm. so you can import these 3D maps to these things, which I think would be great because I one of my favorite multiplayer games is Diablo, and I love that overhead view thing mm -hmm. when I'm running around. And I've always wanted to implement that in my D and D games. The only way I could do that was with the hexagon maps, and that shit's expensive. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, and and my favorite thing about this tool is that if your player characters go off script, um, and decide to delve into a dungeon or dip into a crypt of uh, a crypt <laughs> or follow a cult of the dragon's lair, and you're not prepared for it, you don't have to spend 20 minutes trying to come up with something. You can literally have something inside of a minute. You tell everyone, all right, take a quick bathroom break, and boom, you give it the general settings. It may not be exactly what you want, but the fact that you can just do that is phenomenal. Um, what's really cool is you can send players on a, you know, the, you send them on their break. You come back. Not only can you have part of the dungeon, you could add a whole expansion around it, too. And to me, that is um, just something that we have needed. I mean, we've all got, there's, there's generators out there. Yeah, but there's nothing like this that just toss in the detail um, at this level, um, and that yeah. to me is extremely important because that shows the dedication that the team put into this, and the versatility of it is really cool too. Um, in the current slide we're running or the video Are they we're running, potions, yeah, they're moving. So you can get down once it's automatically generated, or you generate it yourself. You can start um, revamping and, and personalizing the stuff how you want, which is really really cool um and i think it would help a lot of dungeon masters game masters not just for D D like us but for any fantasy setting and honestly i don't think it'll take long before it expands beyond fantasy i would not be surprised if you start seeing other um you know dungeon alchemist themed setting kits or whatever mm -hmm. um now overall you guys have kind of got a good view of this what is um, what is kind of your overall uh, thoughts on it, and and is there anything that you uh, would like to see that you you're not sure is there or is you don't think has been presented yet? Not off the top of my head, because it seems to be at the end of the day a very straightforward product. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Um, and it the other thing that I think it does really well is that um, it's very easy. It's very easy. When I first got it, I could have went through the tutorial, but I didn't because I ain't got no time for that. <laughs> but I quickly was able to – it was very intuitive, and you literally just pick your terrain, you draw a box, and tell it what theme you want the box to be. And it does the work for you, which, hallelujah, is needed for me. <laughs> so I really want to invest into this product. I don't buy a lot of d, &D stuff because I don't have a lot of money. But this is something I would definitely uh... – Buy into. Nope. In the oh, yeah. And another thing I, I love that uh, he was showing me was uh, you can control the time of day and where the lighting's coming from and all that. But when you bring the lighting down and it's dark, all the light sources they flicker yeah, and they, they burn on. and stuff. Yeah. And if they're yeah if they're off, they turn on when it gets dark and you and it's just so pretty. <laughs> And, and we, Brandon kind of touched on it earlier. This all imports to the VTT as long as the VTT supports dynamic lighting um, as well as the walls. So all that stuff is already included whether you're using – I think uh, Roll20 now has dynamic lighting, Foundry, uh, Fantasy Grounds. Yeah. I, I, I don't recall if Shard Tabletop has it though. I want to say 
Roll20 does have it, but you have to pay for a higher tier in, in the subscription. So. Mm, okay, I don't know what is it available on. What are devices available on? As far as I know, it's Steam is where you get it, so I assume whatever platform Steam is on. PC. I think PC exclusive. I don't, I mean, don't quote me on that. Yeah. I don't game nearly as much as I used to. Back in my old days. I mean, it's amazing. Did, we, we, have, so we have no money. You got plenty of time to game, but when you're an adult and you have money, you have no time to game. <laughs> no, D&D and Pathfinder are insanely popular right now. I wouldn't be surprised they came up with like an iPad version or something. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um and that definitely uh is a a a place that I think that as the product grows and the audience grows, I can see them expanding that. Because to me, I can see this as a mobile application. Sitting on my yeah. toilet, dropping my dice off <laughs> and building new maps. Um that is totally something that I can totally see myself doing. Um, and I think that as they get, cause I think their, their Kickstarter had just was it just exploded. Right. Um, and was something that everyone, uh, um, I was, was, I think everyone was shocked at by its success. So as it continues to build an audience and deliver on what people want, I can see those sorts of options rolling as well. Uh, Kiefer does say that roll 20 has worked hard to become, imp- to improve their dynamic lighting and features definitely because they got more competition now. Um, and that's one of the best ways to improve though. I do get that, you know, it, it is a free platform to start with. So, um, which is really great. Yeah. Um, I do want to take a, a second to remind anybody that's watching, uh, hopefully you'll stick around because the, uh, this giveaway for our show is going to be Extraordinary Expeditions, our uh, product, that uh, adventure book that releases the end of this week. You get a full physical copy, so make sure you stick around for that. Um, In fact, typing CRIT on YouTube, all, all caps with an exclamation point. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Uh, and so, uh, and if you're, you're listening to this on the podcast, it should be available uh, right now at the release of the pop, if you're listening to it on podcast, um, release is May 13th. Now so. it's uh, Friday. Yeah. So uh, Friday the 13th, that seems like it's bad. <laughs> so if you run your adventure on when you pick it up and all your players die, that's just meant to be. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, I do think we do got to touch on some of the negatives that the product has because as much as I love this product, it's not without its flaws, but I think they are easily fix fixable, repairable. Um, they can, I think they can fix it currently, at least as far as we know, um, all the rooms are pretty much square. You can, I mean, you can make them longer rectangles. You can, I mean, they're basically all boxes, right? Even though you can change the shapes of the boxes to form complex patterns, there's no round rooms, right? So if I want to build round rooms, I have to make a built big hex with lots of little squares in it, right? Um, and that's something that doesn't really bother me, but seems like a, a, a feature that should come pretty quickly. Um, and I would like to see because that means you can't build a typical round rook. You know, what is the end of this? What they're called? The end of the the end of the castles. The round stairs go up them. Oh, the uh, uh, tower. Yeah. Yeah. So no round wizards towers for me yet, you know, but I think that'll come with the, hopefully with the building of the multi-level stuff, right? Um, that's kind of one of my con points. Um, I don't know if you guys had any concern or anything uh, uh, about that, um, something like that. With that, uh, a winding staircase, yes. Yep. Is that there's something about that uh, do you think would uh, bother you or is that just me? Um, I'll say it's annoying, but we also acknowledge up front, though, that this is a work-in-progress product, and it isn't early access, and they yes. are, to their credit, updating it constantly. Yeah, so. all the time. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, all in all, this program is worth every penny, in my opinion. I think it's, what, 40, 45, 40? Something like that. About 40 bucks. 
Um, oh, and shit. the amount of time that you will save, uh, it will be <laughs> well worth it. Because time is precious as an adult. Precious. <laughs> and I'm telling you, when they can do, when they bring that thing to mobile, I guarantee you, my ass is gonna be like, boom, new map, boom, new map, boom, new map. Uh, how long? How long are we on the toilet? Three maps worth. <laughs> Anyways, okay. so uh, forty-five. Forty-five. So that's a pretty reasonable price. I don't remember because I backed it and I just. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so whether you're busy doing adult stuff or need a map quickly, or you just want to have an absolutely gorgeous backdrop for your epic stories and campaigns, I personally highly recommend Dungeon Alchemist. What about you guys? I think it's definitely good for what you get, and if you want something quick, there you go. Just don't place unfair expectations on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, for sure. Uh, I would. I'd invest into it. You're probably going to see it, and it's... Most likely just going to feel like a new toy for a while. But yeah. I don't see anyone outshining this, uh, At least in the, this thing the in the near term. future. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, until they do it in VR and make it affordable. I know they got something going on in VR, but it's like a lot. Yeah. Overall, I think that's uh, all we... I, I, I don't got much more to uh, say yeah. on Dungeon Alchemist other than I thought it was totally worth every bit that I supported for it. Um, and I look forward to creating all kinds of maps. If you're a content creator, they have a licensing, uh, commercial license um, for maps that you make to populate your yeah. adventures with, which is really cool. cool. I'm not sure we, we quite answered this. Like, 3 Cheese Dave did ask, can you use this as a battle map platform for your game for phrase like Girl 20 or Owlbear Audio? Short version, you can export your maps as pictures and then yes. upload them to it. Yep, yep. So that is something that they, they do talk about a little bit in their uh, thing because that's one of the, the big benefits is you can actually get the switch between uh, an orthographic view, which is basically a top-down flattened view like a classic drawn map, yep. or a perspective view, which is the top-down but it's got the, all the perspective of three dimensions – or the full 3D version, or even 2.5 if you want to go that route. Um, so all that's easily built into the program. And you can export the picture, too, so you can actually physically print it off. So. Yes, which is something that actually turns out really, really well. Uh, you'd be surprised. All the lighting and everything looks gorgeous just to print it and throw it away when you're done with it, which is great, unless you want to save it because it's a lot of ink. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you can do, I think you can do uh, grayscaling and, and stuff, too. So. All right, I think that'll do it for our main topic, Dungeon Alchemist. Once again, awesome program. Definitely check it out. Those, that team over there has done a phenomenal job. Now, before we move on to our honor tips and tricks, we have to give our shameless plug. Um, our shameless plug today is Extraordinary Expeditions. Uh, imagine that. Uh, it is available May 13th. Um, I have to say, uh, the team, we all did phenomenal work. Um, the art is gorgeous. Um, I don't know if you all can see that from here. Oh, no, she's got it on the screen, so that's fine. Um, and the artwork is phenomenal. We followed an old style, old school style, so there's a lot of black and white on a parchment color, but it turned out really, really well. Um, the variety of adventures. Personally, one of my favorite adventures is the alluring mesas because I love the idea of the, the puzzle and mystery behind figuring out why people are leaping to their death just to find out that they're being called to their death by harpies. So when the players first encounter them, if they stake out, they end up fighting on top of mesas, creatures that can fly when they can't at a low level. And I think it's awesome. Um, more than once I drop people, but fortunately some of them had feather fall and crap if like I, that. If I'm not mistaken, when you were flipping through those pages, did I see one of our memorable monsters in there? Probably. Yeah. Aeola? Yeah. So uh, we did use monsters from our... Uh, 
We tied some monsters from Cobalt Press as well as our memorable monsters in here, which turned out really, really well, too. Um, so <laughs> it just made now. me a super yeah, – <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So, See, I'm um, excited because I didn't actually help with this book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And neither did I. I mean, we like to support the show, but unfortunately, we all have lives. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's um, what he does. That's what he does. Yeah, Andrew. It, it's Andrew. a teamwork. He says, uh, print it out at work, save your own ink. That's what, that's what he does with all his shit. He puts it up. This is on the internet. They're going to know now. <laughs> they don't. Your coworkers don't watch you. He was the. He was the. I apologize to my boss. Uh, that ink, I, all that ink I did tell you was for professional use only. <laughs> Um, so yes, please, if you want to support us and the work that we do, a lot of effort goes into these, so watch for it to release on May 13th. I promise the adventures in here, whether you keep them as is or flavor them as your own, you will get a huge bang for your buck. And it is worth mentioning, too, that we do have our level 5 adventure that for available for free if you at least want to take a look at it to see just for one example what's in there. Oh, that's a good idea. So if you don't know, yeah, that's right. Our... Um, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, far, uh, I forgot far, the name of the adventure. Far, 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 it's not the Pokemon Far Far Reached. Far Reached. Far Touched. Far, far Touched. Far Touched. <laughs> um, you can pick up for free right now and give it a go and kind of see what we, we've done with this book. And now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. Do we? I've got an awesome monster for you guys today. Um, we have the Rhyme Charger. Ian, would you like to tell us a little bit of uh, about how we can build this? Well, certainly. First, you start off with the humble rhinoceros. <laughs> humble, oh, humble. <laughs> and then it gets some new features to it. It becomes vulnerable to bludgeoning damage. Mm-hmm. It also becomes immune to cold. Piercing and slashing damage from non-magical weapons. It also is a siege monster, which means it deals double damage to objects and structures. That's important. Very important. What? And wait, there's more. This thing has reactions. (laughs) The Frostquake. When a creature hits the Rhyme Charger with an attack that deals bludgeoning damage, its it's weakness, keep in mind, I can't read that because you're blocking my view. Right. It can use its reaction to slam its hooves and send ripples of ice through the ground in a temper radius circle centered on itself that shakes creatures and structures in contact with the ground in that area. The ground in the area becomes icy difficult terrain. When a creature moves into the icy area for the first time on a turn, it must succeed on a DC-15 acrobatics check or fall prone. Not the best thing you want to have happen when you have a giant running creature <laughs> running around on the field. <laughs> Each creature on the ground that is concentrating on a spell must make a con save. On a failed save, the creature's concentration is broken. Ooh, ouch. It's broken! Sucker. Uh, as you can see, on the, the we have the cover art shown for our people that are watching live. That is a monstrosity. I love it. We're also going to give it legendary actions. It gets two legendary actions. Overrun, that basically allows it to uh, move up to half its speed without provoking op attacks and smash into people and potentially knock them um, prone with a contested strength check, which is awesome. Um, also, we're going to give him Unsettling Roar. The Rhyme Charger releases an intimidating bellow. Creatures within 15 foot of the Rhyme Charger must succeed on a DC 15 Wisdom saving throw, or uh, it must subtract 1d4 from their next attack roll and saving throw. 
All right. <laughs> I love this monster. I love the theme. I love the frost. Um, what do you guys think? This thing be a beast. <laughs> and good luck fighting one of these and hit. <laughs> even as a group, Ooh. even as one of them, cause just because of the frost ability can screw around with the, uh, well, the casters. Which... Yeah, definitely. And that clearly that was the intent, right? Right. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? It's going to require some tactics to manipulate him around the field. I'm glad you said that. So you'll notice that Ian mentioned it has a vulnerability. Yep. It has vulnerability to bludgeoning breaking through um which uh, also counters the effect that it has immunities to cold piercing and slashing non-magical weapons so this is a focus that really um as a dm you feed that knowledge through knowledge checks and can clue them into the vulnerabilities and their resistances you need to do that this creature is meant to manipulate the terrain around them and make for dynamic combat yeah, he manipulates the train, and you trick him and slam him into a mountain, so you manipulate the train onto his face. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's budgeting, that's only like... Andrew says, Andrew says, legendary reactions. Reactions that legendary creatures can take, regardless if they have taken their normal reactions that round. Definitely messes with the uh, action economy there, but I totally, I totally get that. Robert says, my players would hate this thing. That's how you know they're good. <laughs> um... <laughs> Because you can give them, you can give them a, yes, a living iceberg. Perfect, Wizard Gadius. Um, to me, that is what determines a fun and exciting battle is, right? Not just doing more damage, but doing things that are debilitating to the player characters where they have to think outside the box. And smashing ground, freezing people, it's all part of it, which is a lot of fun. And just bitch slapping them with your horn just sounds awesome. So. That, that picture looked a lot like a kaiju. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but okay. <laughs> All right, I think that'll do it for our monster, the Rhyme Charger. If you like the artwork, you like the concept, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash critacademy. Not only do we have full stat blocks, full artwork, but we also have lore. Not only lore for the background of the creature, but lore that you can roll for your knowledge checks to feed to your players, and different ways that you can utilize these. It's a whole lot of fun. All right, Brandon, would you like to tell us about our encounter of the podcast? Pacific Rim Job. Pacific Rim Job. Because <laughs> that's what the Rhyme Charger is going to fucking do to your ass. He's going to rip it a new one. <laughs> uh, oh, encounter. Watch your step. The characters have been careless in their quest, during which they have... Well, that's not too uncommon. During which they have <laughs> caused undue havoc, pro property damage, and even slain those who did not deserve death. Uh -oh. This sounds like a regular party Party so far. So all of you that have murder hobos, you're welcome. <laughs> a patron of a victim of their carelessness has hired Birgit Gildan, a female illusionist spell sword. Which we made. Yeah, that's what the, yes. C, that's what the CS stands for. Critic at it. Yeah, we made that. Uh, to hunt down the characters who are responsible and have them brought to justice. Is the illusionist spell sword, is that a, one of our monsters? It is. Um, and if you become a patron, you can get access to the full stat block, lore, and different ways to utilize it. Anyways, oh, right. Urgent prefers misdirection and confusion as opposed to a brutal frontal attack, right? Um, <laughs> though as a master swordswoman, she can hold her own and uh, um, uh, though as a master swordswoman, she still can hold her own. The details of the wrongdoing is really up to you as the GM. I'm sure you're going to know exactly all the crap that they've done better than we do, right? So I'm sure you got plenty of ammo. So stalking and hunting the characters, uh, Burgett will 
put out a fake job request to clear out a cave of monstrous beasts known as Stegosaurus that have taken up residence in a cavern some distance away from wherever the, the town or is, right? What twist? Right. Mm, they're basilisks. Um, the truth is... Oh, shit. The truth is the cavern uh, has a steep drop at its entrance. Burgett uh, has used her resources to cast hallucinatory terrain on the area to make it look like a regular area. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you shitting me? Underneath the illusion is a 30-foot drop into a pit filled with a collection of basilisks. She has, uh, she w- has lured, uh, <laughs> black, I can't because your reaction, damn it, the, uh, filled with a collection of basilisks that she has lured into the cave, um, specifically to capture the characters. When the characters enter the cavern, it requires a successful DC, uh, 19 wisdom, uh, survival check, confirms that the tracks of a large beast, uh, collection of large beasts has entered the area. The character fa- if the character fails to check by five or more, they misidentify the tracks belonging to a small herd of stegosauruses. If the character succeeds by five or more, they properly identify him as basilisks. That's way worse than the stegosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Wanna, you want to touch on that a little? The last part there, Ian. Yep. Once the monster's characters have been turned to stone, Brigitte calls a magistrate to enact justice against the character. The characters are taken to the hall of the magistrate, where the stone effect is removed, and they undergo trial for their alleged crimes. And in some parties, they may not be so alleged. <laughs> <laughs> right. All but right. Learns of oh, their crimes, secrets, and anything else she can pick, pick up while she is stalking them. <laughs> okay, Brandon, what is your attitude? Why are you so pissed off? Tell me. You can kiss the darkest part of my ass. <laughs> Why is that? <sighs> I'm sure they want to know. Because Inquiring the, minds want to know. This is what, well, we, as, well, as a lot of you know, we have the uh, Emerald Tier Patron game, right? Yep. It's just uh, myself, uh, Ellie is mm-hmm. one of the players, and uh, Garwin. Our Emerald Patron, Garwin. Our Garwin is the Emerald Patron. Uh, we just did this. <laughs> and how horrible was it? Well, they're not exactly parallel. I'm pretty sure not, we're not being haunted by the Illusionist Sword person. <laughs> but he's the DM, so, you know, we're fucked now. Uh, he killed Ellie. I did not kill her! <laughs> he totally did. A level 4 character died from a, du- a dusk mantle? <laughs> Actually, you... Anyway, it, it, was, it was the one game where you said, I'm going to roll all my rolls in the open. Just so you can see how much the dice hate you. That's how we, how she died. Anyways, what do you guys think about this encounter? Yeah. Hallucinary Terrain is clearly now one of my favorite spells. You ran into it, not once. Not twice. Three times. Three times. Three times. There was a trap outside the cave. I got up. I was like, okay. I went up to the cave. Entrance. Drop. Wee. I fell down from there. I was like, god damn it. I got up. It's like, okay. I'm in the cave. That should be good. This water is a foot deep. I'm going to walk across it. Ah. <laughs> Ian, what do you think? This is going to be brutal. And but how do I put this? Well, well, well. If it isn't the consequences of your actions. Yes. <laughs> and that's what I was going for here. Um... The characters always think that they're free from consequences, so why not have a good person hunt them? And the way to trick them with illusions is amazing. So it's, it's bullshit, is what it is. Okay, it can be. Okay, it it can be. Not when I do it, but I'm sure it can be somewhere, right? Maybe you guys can tell. You dropped me from 30 HP to six in a turn. 
Well, maybe you shouldn't step on illusions that drop you 30 feet. I didn't know. <laughs> All right, so uh, that'll do it for our encounter. Ian, would you like to tell us about our magic item? The magic item is the Bow of Balance, which we do not have enough of in this game. Magical bows, that is. And it is very rare. It requires attunement. Attacks with this weapon have a plus one to attack and damage rolls. Yay. When you score a critical hit on a creature, part of its vitality is drained away and absorbed into the double-curved wooden bow, getting one charge. The bow can store a number of charges equal to your proficiency bonus. Ooh. You can expand a charge to expend a charge to cast false life at the spell equal to your proficiency <laughs> bonus. <laughs> what? Uh, it's funny. This is brought to us by uh, Sean S. Yep. Who has submitted it? No, it's just it makes sense because you're you're the bowman, you're a sniper, and those enemies are getting closer. It's like, oh, they got me, and you just fall over dead, and you <laughs> act like you're dead. I don't think he knows what false life does. Yep, it gives you uh, 1d4 temporary hit points for the duration. It's not feigned well, death. Oh, I'm thinking of feigned <laughs> death. <laughs> but that definitely is a better solution, I yep. think. <laughs> and for every spell... That's horse shit. And for every um, spell of above second, you gain five additional temporary hit points for each level above first. So, yeah. yeah I'm going to alter this called the bow of I'm dead. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, thank you so much for this uh, submission. I really like this. There's not enough bows, and this is a nice one to give them a little, uh, a very defensive mechanic, right? Mm -hmm. So, all right, that'll do it for our magic item, the bow of balance. Uh, once Andrew, again, uh, sorry, I was looking at thing. Andrew, that's really funny. Uh, making caltrops an illusion. So people would come up, they look down, it's like, oh no, there's caltrops all over this hallway. We gotta take the long way around. Oh, <laughs> when they could, they could just walk walk through like it was nothing. Oh, goodness. Like, these aren't real. Um, for those of you just joining us, uh, we're giving away a free complimentary copy of our upcoming release, Extraordinary Expeditions, on May 13th. So to be entered to win, type in CRIT, all caps, with exclamation point. All right, moving on to our Dungeon Master uh, tip. Make – making mistakes. <laughs> I going to say, make mistakes? What? No, well, <laughs> you learn more from mistakes than success, I think. All right, what so – What did I call it? Failure success training? <laughs> success training yes so a uh a magic item that allows the characters to move through walls unhindered giving them easy access to all sorts of places you do not want them to go at least without great effort is a mistake a fourth level spell that kills multiple foes with no saving throw is a mistake a race without level adjustments that has bonuses of plus four and plus four dexterity is a mistake Sounds like some homebrew crap there. <laughs> uh huh. That's kind of Usually the mistakes uh, that creep into a campaign are the ones that seem innocuous at first. When yeah. things get unbalanced, you need to fix them, either in-game or out-of-game. Depending on the situation and the involved players' personalities, uh, oof, unbalanced character abilities or items are best handled in-game. But rule changes can only be handled out-of-game. Sometimes it is best for you to admit to the players that you made a mistake, <laughs> and now it needs to be fixed in order to keep the game fun, balanced, and running smoothly. The more reasonable you are, the more likely your players are to understand. Um, and this does come from the 3.5 DMG. Ian, what do you think about this tip? Well, I actually think it's a very good tip, and it kind of feeds into a conversation that we were having just the other day, actually. Do you want to touch on it? In the details specifically? Well, 
I'm not going to get into the details specifically. Well, the overarching. Right. So they can understand. Is that effectively, we've seen countless times, unfortunately, when people make mistakes, they'll double down and say, no, I didn't. Or even when people point it out, and it's quite frankly obvious, once it's Whereas if somebody admits they made a mistake, <laughs> I made a mistake. No shit. <laughs> people will, will respect you more for it. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. I've had um, this issue in my campaigns. Yeah. Oh yeah. I made a mistake. It, it was specific. I've, I've mentioned this once before. It's a uh, something I did to keep the party balanced, so I wouldn't have to uh, rebalance monsters and stuff because I was too lazy to do it. I gave the characters a Meeseeks box from Rick and Morty. <laughs> And if a character was missing that day, they could use the Meeseeks box to produce a random uh, class at their level to help fight for them. You have an NPC generator box in the game. Yes. That is awesome. Here's the issue is when they first got it, they were like, click, 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 click. I was like, okay, I made a mistake. We need to to reverse this. You guys can only use this in battle. Uh, You can only use it so many times in a week, all that stuff. So. They agreed to that. It's like, that makes sense. This is... Well, yeah, he was making an army. Click, 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 click. Go do my opinion. <laughs> Mystics, protect me from the law. <laughs> oh. Andrew does make a good point here. Um, he says, your players will almost always understand if you admit to making a mistake. I cannot agree with that more as somebody who is repeatedly making mistakes. <laughs> uh, I remember one game, too, where some players of mine encountered some flame skulls, and one guy fired off a cone of cold, did massive damage to them, and then another player followed up with a cold attack, and they said, oh, that doesn't do a thing because they're immune to cold damage. But then the first player was like, wait a second, I just hit cold and did all these damage. Yes, you did. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, that happens to me a lot when I forget um, little things like that. Not falling asleep for elves, I forget that all yeah. the time. Yeah. And I and the players do too because it doesn't come into play. It's like, well, since I missed the first time around, it's only fair that you do cold damage then on your attack then because yeah. I don't want to go back and do all the math again. <laughs> I, just, I did that on uh, the haunt, the uh, gargoyles. Mm-hmm. Yep. The their elementals. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were, and someone had a uh, an ability to sense elementals within the house. It's like, oh, you don't sense any. Oh no! They, they got surprised and looked at the stat box. Was like, oh shit, these are elementals. Okay, none of that damage happened. Uh, I'm going to give you advantage on your next two attacks because I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's okay to make mistakes. We're human. Okay. I think one of the best comments I saw within the past few weeks online was how they, they phrase it. Basically, a master has failed more times than a novice has even tried. Yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> you cannot succeed without failure. Learn from other um, people's mistakes. You'll not live enough, love, live long enough to make them all on your own. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I think that will uh, do it for our Dungeon Master tip of the day, making mistakes. Ian, would you like to take our player tip of the podcast? Oh, Don't be, be a, a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by listening to Ian with role-playing a shapeshifter. Yeah. First off, role-playing a shifter. And we are talking about the player race, for the record. In broad strokes. Shifters resemble humans with animalistic features. Roar. Shifters are strongly influenced by their <laughs> animal nature. This often means they have characteristics that are alert, fierce, and perceptive. Mm. They think and act like predators, conceiving of most activities in terms of hunting prey. Shifters are drawn to a pack of companions, whether it's a family group or an adventuring party. They work well as part of a team in combat. Coordinating their attacks with their allies and coming to the aid of beleaguered friends. 
Yeah, historically, most shifters dwelled in nomadic bands in plains and forests, far removed from cities and towns. The increasing dangers of the wilds, though, have driven many of the shifters to closer proximity of um, humans and other el and elven communities. Though some shifters have adapted smoothly to this change, carving niches out for themselves as trappers, hunters, you know, fishermen, fisherwomen, trackers, guides, and military scouts. Others have had a much harder time of it. Man, this is this is very much a, a humanoid, you know, thing, right? Not everyone's going to get it. Shifters who feel alienated from planes and forests they love sometimes take up adventuring life as a way of escaping the confines of a city um, and its walls and returning to nature. This does come from DNG 4E. Um, what do you guys think about this? I think it's fun. And in the sense of, I think lots of people, how do I phrase this? There's a lot of people saying that, that, they, that people should have the ability to play races where they, they want to, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of players forget that, especially if you're basing a game in a particular setting, that, that comes with certain expectations. And tips like these kind of uh, remind people, like, hey, you're playing in this world. This is how... How, how things work here right and that's perfectly okay especially when all the play players acknowledge that ahead of time absolutely what do you think uh i, I like the idea of uh i, okay. well, I like the idea of uh the the, the, the shifters who do that who did not fit in because of the idea of saying i don't belong here I belong out in nature. I'm going to become an adventurer, and I'm going to go out to where it's dangerous, regardless of how dangerous it is. Okay. Just because the way of how it is, that could also make it so that you could play as a more reckless character. Ooh, I like that. Perhaps. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, that's good. Um, shifters are definitely something that uh, I delved into a little more after reading this, and I, even our next episode has a shifter um, optimization build. So <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it that much. I think that'll do it for our player <laughs> tip. Don't, Don't be a, a dick. dick, and you can avoid dickitude by role-playing a shifter and with their lore. Now, I've really enjoyed this episode. I think we've done a lot of good stuff, but I really think it's that time, that moment that you guys have been waiting for. Those of you that have stuck around through our bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> and those who are ready to enter our giveaway, Brandon... What is our RPG Fat Loot giveaway today? Our RPG Fat Loot giveaway is the hardcover of Extraordinary Expeditions. <laughs> Save time and effort by jumping into the game with already fleshed out locations, encounters, maps, abilities, and stat blocks. Being a DM is hard. It is. Why not let us do the heavy lifting so you can have a great time at the table? The product goes live on May 13th. That's this Friday. So Ian has picked a winner of our giveaway. Now, I do want to mention what? that our winner ended up being one of our last entries. So, that just goes to show you how important it is to type in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, who is our winner then? Our winner today did punch in their chat over Facebook. Okay. And the winner is Robert Reynolds. get this phenomenal, well-crafted, excellently designed book with amazing art on the inside, crafted by yours, Julie. 
and the team. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like Disney selling a Marvel movie. <laughs> I, I do want to take a moment to thank everyone who did support the Kickstarter to help bring this to life. Everyone that watches this is sticking around to watch it. We really appreciate it. We love you guys. Um, you literally make this show possible. If you guys didn't continue to watch us, listen to us, share our content, pick up, uh, purchase our content, support us on Patreon, um, we probably would have, you know, ended a long time ago. It's but true. Here we are. Yeah. We started in 2016. And 2016, and we're still here. <laughs> Suck it. I mean, that's the year I got married. And yeah. Which time? August 20th. Oh, I was asking which number. Oh, go fuck yourself. That's <laughs> why so I got married to Jesse, which means if we get divorced, this is going downhill. Why? Because, uh, you know, lucky year. Oh, okay, I got you. All right, so, <laughs> um, so uh, Three Cheese Dave is asking an awesome question. Yes, yes. We do give away projects each uh, stream, though they're not always physical products. Yeah. Um, yep. This is really costly for us, so we so, do yeah. give away uh, complimentary PDFs uh, of, of our content, of other content, every week. And uh, how sh- – yeah, we should probably tell uh, – Oh, yeah, we should probably finish up this part. And the producer uh, this says – made it that clear too that it's not just from the chat it's yeah. also with mm-hmm. from all of our subscribers we pull names out yep so yep. if you go ahead on over Thank to you. our check out our newsletter over at critacademy.com slash newsletter dash sign up um there's also a button on on some of the pages too so we should probably yeah. tell our winner how to get a hold of us uh <laughs> yeah um shoot me a, pri- a surprise crit academy a private message on facebook since that's the medium you used if you didn't win no problem head on over to critacademy.com and subscribe for your chance to win yeah, it's the same time next week. Yes. We do our show uh, live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, and it goes live on podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, 10 days from then, which oh. on Wednesdays. And uh, if you are new, every other Thursday we do a Clash of Classes. Oh, yes. PvP, where we watch players build optimized characters and demolish each other. So right. if you're new and you want to go and make a character and fight someone else, you, there, there's a link for that, I think. Yeah, there's a link for that. You can sign up and be like, I want to go kill somebody. And we'll... Whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody's character. I want to go kill somebody's character. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll bring, it, bring you into the game and you can fight. I do want to say we have a famous TikToker in our midst. Dominic, the legendary bearded wizard himself, is here on... The... If you haven't seen his content, you need to check him out. Thank you, Dom, my favorite TikToker. Um, check him out. He always gives me a magical day. It's great. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let, let's, let, should we close this out, you guys? Because I keep saying that and we haven't done it yet. So if you do enjoy the show, consider uh, becoming a patron, supporting the show, sharing our content, leaving us a read, anything you can think of. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep your blade sharp and spells prepared, heroes. heroes.